football, <laughs> baseball, <laughs> basketball, anything sports. Auburn's 91.1 FM WEGL presents the scoreboard with your co-hosts, Bay Marks and Jacob Hillman. Your calls are welcomed at 334-844-9345 or follow them on Twitter at Jacob underscore Hillman 3 or at Bay underscore Marks. Now, let's take a look at the scoreboard with Bay and Jacob. Welcome into the scoreboard, ladies and gentlemen, here on WEGL 91.1 FM. Or if you're streaming live on WeagleFM.com. This is our first time back in quite a while, so it feels weird to say that I'm Bay Marks, your co-host sitting alongside Jacob Hillman. Wow. Um, <laughs> we were talking about it before the show, what we were planning on doing today, and we have just a lot to unpack. Uh, yeah, I, I think we could do about a five-hour show yeah, today. but on, on just the past five months. Really? But... uh. Yeah, the coronavirus stopping school, obviously, as everybody knows, uh, us college students went out on spring break. Uh, me and Jacob both on two separate trips did go to Gatlinburg and then came back and expecting to go to Auburn within a few days. And that didn't happen for either of us as classes got moved online for a few weeks. And then after one more week, they said whole semester, whole semester turned into the whole summer. So we're back now. We're back now. Fall semester mask up on your face, indoors and outdoors. Everywhere on campus, reasonable. Um, but as long as we're back on campus, we have some sort of feel of normalcy. Um, well, actually, first of all, how was your quarantine? We'll, we'll start with that before we get into school this semester. I mean, I wouldn't say it was great. It wasn't productive, but we got through it. I mean, I wouldn't say we got through it. We're still going through it, but in, in a way, because now we're starting to venture out a little bit, trying to live with this virus and... Who knows how much longer we're going to be going through this pandemic and trying to trying to venture through it. I mean, it was just a lot of playing golf, sitting inside watching Netflix. Disney so you didn't Plus. pick up any new hobbies? No, I mean, just a lot of. I'll be honest. I before before this, I didn't watch a lot of TV shows and stuff, but. I, I started getting into like more of t- TV shows that I care about, like Star Wars, like The Last Dance. I watched Clone Wars. I did watch The Last yeah. Dance. Man, that that feels like it was months ago. I swear. That, it was months ago, but I mean... Like forever, forever. Yeah. yeah. The Last Dance is something that was probably one of the last things I would have thought about in the last few months that happened. It I mean, is on Netflix now. Yeah. So, but yeah, I was pretty much the same way. I mean, we came home, um, classes got sent online, and I remember um, all of my professors and teachers emailing me saying like, hey, like this is how we're going to do Zoom. Obviously, everybody's kind of tired of hearing the word Zoom. But that's how we did it for a few weeks, and then they announced the plans to move it all online. So um, I did the same. I kind of just stayed at home, did class, uh, kind of just worked out, and then I did yard work with my dad and my little brother a lot, and me and my little brother would work out and go shoot basketball, throw the baseball and stuff, and then go hang out with Jordan and everything. But um, uh, yeah, and then I watched The Last Dance. Uh, I thought we were going to get some kind of normalcy throughout the summer when cases really started going down, but precautionary measures, we didn't, so everything was online then. And then we did... We did- spike again yeah we spiked again yeah we did spike again this past month but i made made a few trips to the beach as well a little bit of a mental health break from everything going on in the world but uh oh i will say the coolest thing i did even though it didn't really happen i went down to cape canaveral with my brother and my dad yeah unfortunately to watch the launch with astro doug and i forget who other what other guy's name is who went to space went to the iss um it was cool to go down there and kind of see what it was like you know you know, if, it's like a rock concert. 
Yeah. Those people that watch those launches, they care a lot about them and think they're so cool. I mean, yeah. you're it's just a big deal. Of, you're hey, sending somebody to space. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, we, we were sending, I, I don't even, I guess it was kind of a peer. It wasn't really a peer. There was a peer bias, but it was, it was more like a part. It was a, um, it was a dock. And, you know, there's just a bunch of people and it was just like a football tailgate. And, you know, maybe not as much social distancing as people yeah. would have liked, yeah. but, it, but it was still a fun time. And, and I mean, Unfortunately, that launch did get scrubbed, but it was a cool experience to see what that's like and really how it all goes down. outside my bubble yeah. of things. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, and, and that's the thing too is like so there were some things that kind of you mentioned that kind of towards the beginning of summer back in like June that really kind of started picking up. One of which was the talk of sports coming back. Um, we were talking about it earlier with golf. Golf was you mentioned it started back early, later May, early June. Um, so there were efforts to start making things come back to normal, but. Uh, yeah, just just personally, just still trucking along now that we're back on campus. Um, for those of you that don't know, Auburn University is on a blended uh, blended model right now, which means your class can be one of four options. It can either be all in person, all online, blended, or what's the fourth option? Hybrid? High flex. High flex. Yeah. So you have one of those four options. Um, I have one that's completely in person, one hybrid, or not hybrid, uh, blended, which is some face-to-face, some online. And then the rest of mine were already online classes, and then I had one that got moved to online. So. Yeah, I have one face-to-face, three blended, and one high flex. So if that's how you want to know how campus life has been, if you're an alumni or if you just have been around campus during the day, normally it's it, the population has gone down a lot. I was going to say, the, walking around campus. The Chick-fil-A is, line only takes about 10 minutes now. I think that's, that's the, the biggest, biggest indicator yeah. <laughs> of what campus is like right now because it, it's just – and it sucks. I hate it. And that, I personally, I want it – you know, I'm worried for, I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm worried for my safety, but I'm worried for the safety of the people around me and those that are vulnerable to this virus. But, you know, it's one of those things where personally, I'm not worried about myself. So I want to face for it. others. I want to, yeah, doing my part for others. And I want to, I do want the face to face class because I want it to be as normal as, as possible. possible. Which I will say, despite the reports from a rival school who we won't mention, there has been a lot of, I feel like, compliancy on campus. Especially since classes were in session for a day and a half before we had the email sent out about beginning tomorrow, effective immediately, mass will be uh, required outside as well. I think so far I have rarely seen a person every now and then take a mask off or just be walking without a mask. I mean, inside, I don't think I've seen anyone. Yeah, so that's good. Other than like one or two people going inside the Village Chick-fil-A, picking up their Chick-fil-A and walking Walking out, out. like those are like, it was like two or three people. Other than that, inside... It's been compliant. Outside's a little different, I think, but I mean, it seems like when people aren't, it's not on the Haley Concourse where that's the biggest issue. You, the reason you wear the mask is because you can't social distance, and on the Haley Concourse, sometimes it's difficult to social distance. So yeah. even in these times where not everyone's on campus currently. Yeah, and also I don't, I don't know about you, but I have a very big lecture hall in uh, one of the business buildings this semester, um, and the way it works is it's the one that's face to face. We all have to have a mask, obviously. You have to sit at least one seat apart. She recommended two, but if yeah. you can only squeeze one. And then you are only allowed to enter through the do- the door at the top of the auditorium, and you're only allowed to exit through the bottom to um, uh, get rid of the congregation around the doors and stuff. Was, I think the biggest thing for Auburn was figuring out the ingress and egress. How are you going to get all these kids inside a big auditorium and out safely and yeah. i think it's tough to do but auburn just made me feel very safe they have arrows out. everywhere signs everywhere there's hand sanitizer all over the place i mean auburn i think auburn has done just about as good of a job as you could possibly do and, and i think that's why uh moving forward we're going to be able to have 
Auburn athletics and college sports. Now, how long will those last? We'll see how, if there's fans allowed. Obviously, the plan right now is for students to be at the Auburn-Kentucky football game in a month, in a month's time, or I guess less now. But I think some, we'll didn't see. some games get rescheduled today? I could be wrong. For for football, like around the country, I think East Carolina and Marshall are part of the American Athletic Conference. It got moved to December. Yeah, it was September 12th, but they're moving back a little bit. I think that's fine just to start the week that the SEC is starting now. Of course, we got football this week, an FCS matchup in yeah. Montgomery. Yeah. But I mean, the big thing, too, is also like you, you, you mentioned to me in our apartment earlier today about um, the picture, I believe, was Oklahoma State with those orange seats. So it'll be interesting to see how Auburn attacks the social distancing because obviously there will be a high compliance rate because I think the attitude of a lot of students and people is, well, as long as we get football, we'll do whatever we're willing to do. Mm-hmm. So obviously masks are required, sitting six feet apart. But what Oklahoma State did was they put, if you've ever been inside Jordan-Hare Stadium, if you get a season ticket, you get a padded orange seat. And there was a similarity to that at Oklahoma State. And they put, what did you say, like four of them next to each so other? It, it seemed like they put four together, then two together. Yeah. So it was like, you know, if you have a group of six, the four and the two can be next to each other. Well, now, of course, I don't know how... Oklahoma State's doing it. They still might be reserved seats, whereas when we go to the Kentucky game, it's going to be general admission because we're students. So it'll be interesting to see how that works, but it was fours and twos. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it will be nice. I'm I'm very much looking forward. Now, who knows? That's uh, Yesterday was a month away from the first game. Um, who knows what it'll look like by then if we get another spike or if regulations don't allow us to do that. I will say cases have been going down, especially around us. I think the biggest thing is hospital hospitalizations. Hospitalizations, yeah, they're they're going down right now as well, which is a good sign. Just have to continue to keep those down. Um, but overall, I mean, there has been a high compliance right now. There's an aspect of Auburn that was taken care of about some downtown activity on the weekends. Yeah, and I think uh, today the city council passed the order, no walk up service. Yeah, they did so, pass that, and basically to avoid congregating inside a bar, you got to go get a table. That's how. That's the only way you can get a drink. So, if everybody's complying, we could probably have football. Now, basketball, we'll touch. We'll cross that bridge when we get there because <laughs> that's inside and everything. I think football is a definitely more doable thing. Now, you never know because they were supposed to have graduation in Jordan Hare uh, a few weeks ago, and that ended up not happening. So, who knows? They did have bid day though. They did have bid day. A more pressing issue that has arisen over these last few days, obviously, the shooting of Jacob Blake on Tuesday caused. A lot, uh, a lot of sports to cancel games last night, and yeah, you know, this is a real life thing that you know usually we don't talk about here on the sports show, but I, f- I feel like it needs to be mentioned because the NBA feels like they're at the forefront of this charge, you know, to make a difference, to uh, to really make a change with the social injustice and and police reform because that's crazy who would have thought years ago i mean it's 2020 so you can expect anything now but for playoff games to be canceled or postponed especially you know you can look at there's we'll talk about the sports side of it in the next segment when we talk about the nba playoffs and how it's going to affect certain series and certain teams but i don't think that's really what they care about right now and i mean the fact that there were talks of just axing the whole season i mean that's just something you never would have thought would happen but here we are, the NBA, you know, really taking a stand. And I, I think that's where, compared to the other leagues, I think baseball did okay because I think it's okay not for them to cancel every game because they're in such a dire time of not being able to cancel games, especially like the Cardinals. You know, they got a, they had to play, I think, a few weeks ago. It was 55 games in 48 days, but 
they couldn't cancel. They had two players sit out, Jack Flaherty and Dexter Fowler. But the NBA, they really took the charge, and Adam Silver being okay with it, that shows why he's one of the better commissioners. He cares about his players. He cares what his players think. And, I mean, I don't think it's a political issue. I think it's just a, it's an issue that the African Americans are taking now, and they are trying to make a change. And I think it's up to the fans and and just citizens to really listen and know what action you can take because obviously if you're not in, if you're not in office or you're not ahead of something there's not much you can do other than make phone calls make donations sign petitions or and just make your voice heard so i think it i think that's the big thing it's just that you listen to these players and anyone who's talking anyone that's experienced this kind of stuff just listen and and really read or just know what they are trying to get the message across. I think that's the best way you can I think really take it. I can't really even explain how much drama this season has had in general. I mean, you think about it, during the offseason, you have two of the NBA's best players go to, or three of the NBA's best players go to Los Angeles, one with the Lakers, two with the Clippers. So that kind of start, start everything off. Let me backtrack. Free agency kind of set a frenzy. So first of all, the NBA season before we even started was kind of in a crazy spot. Everybody, like, the, everybody was talking about how, like, Equal the league was going to be. There was no Western Conference. It's going to dominate Eastern Conference. Then you get throughout the season, the the tragic death of one of the greatest basketball players of all time happens. The whole league rallies around him. Actually, let me back up. David Stern, a former commissioner, yeah. passes away. Then Kobe Bryant passes away. The whole league rallies around him. You have the whole emotional LeBron speech. It's kind of the Lakers' title to lose right now because they have that motivation for Kobe. And that's what everybody talked about, especially with the Lakers team. Then coronavirus hits after All-Star Weekend and everything. Go on a hiatus for a few months. Then the first round of real uh, racial justice movement had started uh, back in late May, early June. Then you finally get the plans to start for the NBA back, and they're going to create a bubble. Never been done before. Everybody goes to Orlando. Strict bubble. They've gotten where they have consistently getting no cases. Um, the NBA gets to the playoffs, and then now this happens. And I think the craziest thing about this all is uh, the meeting last night where LeBron was leading the charge of him not wanting to play at all. Which really, in my eyes, is crazy because of how close he was with Kobe Bryant and uh, just the fact that the Lakers really, they're the best team in the NBA right now, or in general, and the fact that they want to win it all for Kobe and everything. So I just think that's crazy, too, because it shows how the players think about everything. Exactly. I think it shows how much they care about this issue. Now, I would disagree with the decision to cancel the season because I think right now in that bubble with games being played, it really heightens your platform. If they leave the bubble, yeah, for a few days, a lot of people will talk about it. But after that, I really think that it would the, the attention would lessen on them. So I think it's good to start the season back up and use that as your platform uh, to really to really get your message across. And welcome back to the scoreboard on WEGL 91.1 FM. Or if you're streaming live on WEGLFM.com, this is the scoreboard with Bay Mark sitting alongside Jacob Hillman. Going to get into the NBA talk of the hour, um, getting back into the restart of the playoffs. So far, these playoffs have been pretty crazy. Um, you had the two number one seeds get upset game one in both their series. The Bucks lose to the Magic, and then the Portland Trailblazers take the Lakers down to the wire and beat them. Now you have a restart after a or if they start tomorrow is what we're expecting, possibly Saturday. If they start tomorrow, they'll be restarting after a two-day hiatus, and what the schedule would look like would be Milwaukee at Orlando with a 3-1 lead at 3 o'clock. Then you'd have the Rockets and the Thunder still tied at 2-2 at 5-30, and then the nightcap at 8 o'clock with the 
Lakers at Portland, and they're up three to one. So the Lakers could close out their series, and so could, so could Milwaukee, uh, both facing a game five. So, and then you have also we were watching in our apartment the other night, Luca Magic, who's absolutely popping off without his second hand man or his right hand man, um, Porzingis next to him against one of the better teams in the NBA with the Clippers. So. It's it's been crazy so far in round one. Yeah, especially in the Western Conference, the Eastern Conference has been kind of meh. Other than the first game, the Magic and the uh, and the Bucks. Yeah, because you already have Boston and uh, Miami that's advanced around two. Yeah, and as well as the Raptors. Yeah, and the They've Raptors all swept. Well. Yeah, and the Bucks have to win one more game. But yeah, the Western Conference has been so much fun to watch. I mean, that Jazz Nuggets series, Jamal Murray versus Donovan Mitchell. It's been crazy. I never want this series to end. Yeah. It, it better go to se- uh, seven games because... Game seven would be crazy. It's just so much fun to watch those two really go at it. And then you've got the Rockets and Thunder. I think a lot of people expected the Rockets to take care of business. Which they were up 2-0, weren't they? They were, and then the yeah. Thunder have won the last two. So, who knows? CP3 might be trying to make a run late in his career... At a championship, it'll be tough to do against those Lakers in the second round. You know, as long as as long as the Lakers pull through, because Damian Lillard has left the bubble. But the Trailblazers said because his knee is hurt, he hurt his finger the other night, and then Thursday he returned to Portland for further examination on his knee. But they don't know if he's going to be available when he comes back because obviously you're going to quarantine and whatnot. So yeah, and I think well, and also something else to mention too is. Uh, was it yesterday or two days ago? Giannis was named MVP or defensive MVP or defensive player of the year, however you want to phrase it. Um, so that's big as well for the Milwaukee star. I really do think that the best chance of us getting a game seven will probably be Houston and uh, Thunder. Thunder, just because Utah kind of stepped on Denver's neck early mm-hmm. in the series and they're up, what, 3 2? 3 2. Yeah, I think they can close it out and avoid a game seven. Well, I agree that the Jazz had a. They had a lead yeah. in Game Six, and yeah. then it took everything out of Denver five, just to fight say. back and uh, make that a game as well. So I don't know. That'll be interesting. I I think really the big story about everything in the playoffs has been, or even in the bubble, is really kind of a Dame because Dame's been putting the team on his back, talking that talk. Uh, other players have been talking crap, and he just pulls it right back and says, "Look at the score. Like, look at what I'm putting up. Look and at how I'm carrying it's been this team." So fun to watch. It has been. It's been an offensive uh, offensive show. That Nets game. Uh, one of the last regular, se- or I should say, I, I guess it's regular season game. One of the, one of the last regular season games the Blazers played in against the against the Nets when him and man, who, who's the the Nets one good player? I know exactly who you're talking about. I can't think of his name. Well, they were going back and forth, and that yeah. game was just so fun to watch because at the end the Nets had a chance, but he took that last shot and it just it wasn't enough. So. I really think that Dame Willard is really looking like going forward it, next year and beyond. It's going to be so much fun to watch. What's his age? Let me look that up. He's He should be in his late 20s, but I, I, re, I really think that the Blazers, when they won that first game against the Lakers, I think, I think, I think everyone got a little big-headed and was like, oh, this could happen. Dame's 30. Okay. So he's got he's still have several years left yeah. in him. But – against LeBron James. Yeah. He he's really been he's been the definition of putting his team on his back. He's been consistently putting up 35 plus. He's been hitting shots from absolutely out of nowhere from the half court. That was another thing. I think he did put up a triple double in game 1, I think. But I think he only dropped Possibly. 10 points or something. Yeah. He dropped a low amount of points and everyone was really really hammering him for that, but you lost because Damian Lillard went off. 
and he still had a triple double. I don't, I don't really think you can blame LeBron for that. Yeah, and of course you also had Dan- Danny Green who did not have a good game at Contavious all. Contavious Caldwell Pope didn't have a good game. Javale didn't have a good game. But they game. bounced back. Yeah, and you know honestly I didn't think that the Lakers were going to win this thing in five after losing game one, but that's probably what's going to happen. Yeah, I. I think they I think they win it in five as well. Um I think after I think game one really was just a wake up call. Um I think they knew that Dame was kinda going off, but I don't think they were thinking let's play to him more than he's playing to us. And also he's had the support of Melo, who's the proving doubters wrong. I mean, I'll I'll throw my hand in the air. I, I said he was washed. I you could probably remember yeah. that. Um CJ McCollum's there, so is his supporting cast, but I don't think that they have and also Nurkic has been playing some of the best basketball of his career. I mean, that's kind of, and the Blazers wouldn't have him if it weren't for the season getting delayed because of COVID, because of that awful ankle injury he yeah. had last year. Yeah, so he's been playing out of his mind as well. It's just, I really do think after game one, I think LeBron kind of just, and the Lakers knew, guys, we we can't play like this because we won't even make it out of the Western Conference. We won't even make it to the championship. So, And that's also speaking to the fact that besides playoff P, the Clippers have been playing super well, and they've, they're have they still getting beat by Dallas, but that's also because Luka's going off. Well, Luka's been crazy because... I want to buy a Luka jersey now. I mean, after that shot he hit on Sunday, yeah, I wouldn't blame you. Yeah. I mean, he's just... he's He's been giving it everything he's got, and also remember, he's got a bum ankle. He's not even 100% healthy, and he dropped a 40-17-13 triple-double. Playing without Porzingis currently. Without Porzingis. His supporting cast isn't the best. I mean, he does have a Curry, and he has Tim Hardaway Jr., um, but really, like down low, that that's another thing. If they do get past the Clippers, and they were to get past the, I forget who they'd have to play in the next round. The I guess the Rockets or Thunder. Uh, they'd have to play the Jazz or Nuggets. Then I don't know if they get past the Jazz or Nuggets. Yeah, because both of them have big men that are probably dominant, Gobert and Jokic. Yeah, so. It'd be kind of tough for them. Of course, that might not matter if Luke is dropping 40, 17, 13 every game and they have Porzingis back. Yeah. But if Porzingis is healthy, it shouldn't be as much of an issue. But honestly, the way 2020 has gone and this season has gone, I wouldn't be surprised if Clippers get knocked out round one. Yeah. I mean, because they're playing well, but man, it, well, they're also, you have I to feel like they have not been as good as I expected. They're also missing Pat Bev. Mm-hmm. We got to remember True. that he's a spark. Um, that's not an excuse. They still have Lou Williams. Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, uh, Marcus Morris, Montrose Harrell. I mean, they still have plenty of talent, and you saw that. I mean, game was that game five? They were they were putting it on them. Yeah. I mean, absolutely no remorse whatsoever. And Luca had absolutely no help that game either, and he wasn't helping himself. I mean, honestly, the Mavericks are a year away. Yeah, in my opinion, they, they have they have the foundation in Luca, and honestly, Porzingis at times. But outside of that, they don't really have as much to build on. I think another reason they're not playing Porzingis is, you know, it's just a bruised knee, but, like, you can't mess with his knee. Yeah. If if you... I mean, his first ACL injury was bad enough. If he, if he even does... Yeah, it's, it's not even it, in that knee either, so he yeah. can just mess up both of his knees. Yeah, you can't do that, especially because the other one is already bad enough. Yeah. I really... I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see what the matchups are after this round, because we can pretty much see the East right now. It's going to be the four that we know. Mm-hmm. Um... Assuming Milwaukee wins out, which they will. It really, honestly, I'm not even going to lie to you. After seeing how this first round has played out, which it won't stay like this, but if it were to stay like this, I would honestly predict an East team to win it all. Honestly. I mean, I could see these West teams kind of beating each other up. 
and then getting to the finals and losing to a strong East team. I think the Bucks and Raptors are good enough yeah. to do that. It won't be Boston or uh, Miami, but... I mean, for the love, did you see Toronto score 150 with 100 bench points? Yeah. I know they probably just played the bench a lot because they're up 3-0 and they were already dominating, but... Still. That's scary. That's nuts. No wonder they got Coach of the Year, but... Nick Nurse... He goes. is really, really making his mark in Toronto and across the NBA. He's going to get a fat extension next year. He better. But I'm, I, I really do think, and I think what you said probably puts it best, they're gonna, the West teams really are going to be putting a beating on each other going into these six, seven-game series because it's just so competitive. Like I said earlier, it did kind of balance out with free agency this year, especially if uh, Kyrie and KD were uh, mm-hmm. not hurt. But seeing how they've beaten up on each other so far in round one, if this just continues, especially into the Western Conference Finals, which we assume will be both the LA teams, that'll be a seven-game battle. I promise you. That goes to at least six games. It's and That's why the difference is in the East. I don't I don't buy the Celtics. No, I don't either. I think the Raptors will handle them pretty easily in about five games. And I don't think they're as good as what we saw against Philly, just because Philly's not and I what think they the, think they I are. think the Heat might play tough games against the Bucks, but I don't think they have what it takes to win they may two sneak, or three games. I was say they may sneak a game in there, maybe even two, but yeah, that won't go seven. Well, well, like you said, in the West, who knows? All those series could go seven games. Yeah, yeah who knows? I really wouldn't have thought OKC and Houston would have gone two-two right now, but they, they like I said, I think CP3 is like he's kind of having a second coming. Where I think he has like, a fire under him. Yeah, and he's he's trying to prove something. I don't know what it is, but he he's really 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 wanting to win. That was a. That's a fine complimentary piece they have right there. His 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 experience and his wit with all those young guys they have, and I mean, even Stephen Adams. But T- I mean, TNT was talk, like mentioned the stat where he has like the most clutch points in the NBA this season. I mean, that's crazy. Now, of course, we didn't we haven't mentioned that the Rockets haven't been playing with Russell Westbrook, but some have been saying they feel like they're they're playing better without him. Yeah, potentially. Yeah, and I don't know if he'll come back for the series. I think they'll play without him. It, they, they will save him until the next series, no matter what. Now, Dennis Schroeder's been a nice surprise for the Thunder. He scored 30 in their last game. And he's been on and off, but when he's on, he's pretty unstoppable. Yeah. And that's where I think the Thunder really, really have this advantage over the Rockets, is they have Schroeder coming off the bench, whereas the Rockets, they've got nothing. So, bench. so real quick before we, because we're going to have to go to break in a minute. As of right now, after seeing how basically the entire first round of the East has played out besides Milwaukee, and then so far how nearly all about halfway of the Western Conference first round has played out, who is your NBA champion and did that change after round one? No, I still, I, I still think the Lakers will probably get it done. Yeah. But, man, I'm close to switching my... To an East team, yeah, to yeah. either the Raptors or the Bucks. I'm the same. I'm the exact same way. I think right now it's still Lakers hold by a hair. Um, I don't think it's as much as the Clippers can compete with the Lakers anymore. I think they will compete, but they won't win it just because I think the Lakers have that edge right now. But I think what we were talking about earlier, just the teams beating up on each other and you know taking the wear and tear to each other before they even get to the finals. And they get to the finals, they're gassed like. Mm-hmm. I think that would kind of change my prediction. See, I also don't think Anthony Davis is really getting enough talk in the bubble. No, he's as not. one of the better players in the bubble. You know, everyone's talking about Warren, Dame, Luca, Giannis. Anthony Davis needs to be in that conversation too. Anthony Davis isn't getting the praise he deserves, but he needs to get praise because he's. If he wasn't on that team, they'd be 
Probably the fourth team in the West. Fourth right. or fifth team in the West. On the other side of the break, we're going to talk about the MLB. They're not in a bubble, but they are playing during coronavirus. Don't go anywhere. This is Bay Marks and Jacob Hillman live on the scoreboard. Welcome back into the scoreboard here on Weagle 91.1 FM or on WeagleFM.com. I'm Jacob Hillman sitting alongside Bay Marks as we transition to our Major League Baseball discussion. Man, it's been a weird season for the MLB. And I'm surprised they got it started. Yeah, it's here, though. That was the biggest... The biggest obstacle was starting. Now, of course, you know, my Braves are doing pretty good. Your Red Sox, not so much. Braves not coming off a great doubleheader sweep of the Yankees yesterday. I, I'm high off that right now. Very happy with the performance from the Braves yesterday, especially Ian Anderson and his first career start. We'll talk about someone else's first career start in a few moments. But, yeah, I mean, Ian Anderson, he's going to be that second starter for the Braves because – the Rays have no pitchers right now, but their lineup at the top is so deadly that if they can figure out that pitching issue, look out in the playoffs. I'm just glad that your team's doing well, Jacob. I really am. I'm sorry to rub it in. My my team, we're not. I'm just not even going to get into it because I could go on and on and on. You know, Mookie Betts back in the lineup for the Dodgers now. Too soon. <laughs> I'm leading off. I miss Mookie. It's a good thing I almost bought a Mookie Betts jersey off of like DH Gator AliExpress, but. Uh, didn't do that right literally like a month before he left because I knew I was like there's a possibility he's gonna get traded and of course he did but I'll always be a Mookie fan but regardless we're not doing too hot I mean I don't even have like words like I just don't even know what to say about it I mean that there really isn't much to say it's just just we suck yeah I mean y'all are playing in the probably the toughest division yeah, the East Division. It, it, this year, year in and year out, it's always tough. Yeah, I mean the AL East is bad enough, and now you've only you got to play the NL East with the Braves. I guess the NL East has been kind of mediocre this year. I yeah. mean, somehow the Marlins have been kind of the second best team consistently. We'll see how much how much longer that lasts. But you know the Mets are bad, and the Phillies and Nationals. Who knows? Yeah. But then you look at the Rays and the Yankees, and you're like, they're man. Good. And I mean, even the Orioles at one point were like, they're not the worst team in baseball anymore. The Blue Jays are still consistently mediocre. Yeah, and then we're no playoffs for the Red Sox this year. Not unless we go Is it still a World Series hangover? Dude, it's <laughs> something. I mean, it's literally an Alex Cora hangover at this point. I mean, good point. Chris Sale being hurt. Nathan Neovaldi's our only pitcher. Eduardo Rodriguez is still hurt. We trade our second best pitcher plus our star player because we don't have the salary for it. And we're relying on three guys between, or four guys with JD Martinez, um, Rafael Devers, Andrew Benatendi. And Xander Bogarts, plus even Christian Vasquez behind the plate. And then besides that, you really don't have anybody else besides Mitch Moreland. So I don't know. We're we're really just in a weird state now. Um, the front office had for changes in the offseason. We mentioned it on the show last semester, whether it was here or the extra point. Um, hopefully, the new front office management gets stuff rolling uh, soon after coronavirus and everything kind of still makes its way out. Um, because honestly, a lot of Boston fans are sick of it. Like, if you just yeah. we, we were in our apartment one night, and I read you like the Red Sox comments on one of their pictures, and it's it's terrible. Because Boston fans are ruthless. They're ruthless. They're like Philadelphia fans. They're ruthless. And I mean, they're not gonna live off of mediocrity. No, not not for long. They won't stand for getting blown out by terrible teams, which they're which is what happening to them. So um, it won't last long. We are definitely in a rebuild mode, but. I just still have my claim to fame of 2018. I would just forever I was think about say, you. You had, I mean, and you, one, of, one of the best teams in baseball history. And I was going to say, it's the Red Sox. They broke the Bambino curse back in 04. 
They won again a little after that, and then they won again last or two years ago. So they won in 04, 07, 13, and two years ago. So it's bound to happen again. Whereas my Braves, I've never seen win a World Series. Hey, but the youth of talent they got. I was going to say, I expect, the, I expect the something leadership? soon. I expect something soon. Speaking yeah. of youth, Casey Mize. War Eagle. Former Auburn starting pitcher and number one overall pick for the Detroit Tigers finally got called up and made his debut start in the show. This past, I guess it was last week, it was 8-19. So yeah, about a week and a day ago against the Chicago White Sox. 4.1 innings pitch. He gave up seven hits and three earned runs, but he had seven strikeouts and no walks. Yeah. I think that's what you look at because it's his first start. You did don't they lose? To go. They did. They, but they, it doesn't count against, that one didn't count against him. No, it didn't. He, he, last, uh, 8-24, he, against the Cubs, he had his first loss. Yeah, yeah. But point being is, like you were probably about to say, um, that's actually great for your first start in the show. Two I years mean, removed from college, you get called up in the middle of a pandemic. He I was mean, throwing nasty stuff. He was. The seven strikeouts. High eighty, great. high eighty off speed stuff. High eighty split fastball and everything. I mean, you just—he's going to be untouchable. There, there's a lot of hope for him to be great. And his second start was not as good. He had—he gave up five hits, so it's less hits in the first game. But he also gave up three earned runs. He had two walks and two strikeouts, so not as good. But you still see the same. It's it's consistent. It's a great foundation to start building. Exactly, off of. and I mean the fact he struck out seven White Sox hitters. That lineup is the White Sox are dangerous great this year. Yeah, is dangerous. Yeah, so I'm really not too concerned with that last game. Well, I don't know when his next schedule start is, but I'll definitely be tuned in for it because I mean I'm just excited for an Auburn player to really make his mark in Major League Baseball. Of course. Tanner Burns might be the next guy. He got drafted this past summer in that five-round baseball draft by the Indians. And, you know, the Indians are a little bit better than the Tigers. Now, right now they're meh, but they, they've they got the foundation to be really good, and I think Tanner Burns can help that out in the next two years. And you mentioned other Auburn players. Obviously, Bramer got called up. He was He's up in the big leagues now. Um, but also, talk about Auburn players making their mark. This is probably still a sore subject for you, but bringer of rain. Yeah. He's still up there. So it, it is great to see, even though he didn't play for Butch Thompson, it's great to see that the Butch Thompson uh, era is starting to be visible in the MLB. Yeah, I think that's, that's something that important. we can expect from years ago, especially with pitchers. I mean, in just a few years, too. Yeah, this is his, let's see, 2016, 17, 18, 19. This would have been his fifth year at Auburn, and he's yeah. already got uh, – Two guys that got drafted in the first round. One was an overall pick. I mean, and he has several other draftees: Will Hall and Edward Julian. Both and Ben Bramer was here year. in sixteen too. So, Klobuchar. I mean, Auburn's got a lot of potential for Major League Baseball players. Of course, like I said, with Mize, he's playing for the Tigers right now. It's not going to be pretty with the wins and losses, even the ERAs, because he's going to be pitching from behind a good bit. Oh yeah. So, I, I have a lot of a lot of confidence in him being a great pitcher. Um, and like I said, Tanner Burns is right there too. It'd be it'd be cool. They're in the same division. That'd be a cool battle to see in a few years. What is uh? You give me a little sidekick and look up something for me real quick. While I'm talking about it. What is the batting average of Jose Altuve this year? Just a random thought. <laughs> you know that, that's funny that you bring that up. I would the trash shows. Yeah, the the asterisks. Yeah. <laughs> 206. So he's above 200. Okay, he was sitting pretty at like 190 for a long time. Yeah, it was. Um, Let's see. What, I bet his last few games have been really solid. If you don't remember, since literally with everything going on with coronavirus, Houston Astros are not the biggest, you know, most popular team in the MLB right now with the other players because of what happened with their cheating scandal. Um, 
So they've been getting a lot of pitches thrown at them. Joe Kelly is my hero. Man, that would have been a great discussion. <laughs> let's talk about it anyway. Okay, let's. I mean, quick. Joe Kelly just. I miss him. He was on the Red Sox. I miss him. Yeah, the the fact that after his incident, he he. Let me let me try to recall this correctly. So he he had one slip. He had he had threw one pitch that slipped. That actually did slip, and I think whatever batter he was facing got kind of ticked off, and. Peg Bregman. He took it from there. And I think, then, okay, so I think he had the slip pitch. I think he pegged Bregman. Yeah. As like back to back batters. It, and he threw it Correa as well. I can't remember if he threw it out to it, but he definitely threw it behind Correa because Correa didn't take too and, much like And then he it. struck out Correa. And he said, sit down or yeah. something like cry about it. And then he made a whiny baby face and the bench is cleared. Nothing led to it. Um, but Joe it, Kelly. It, it just, did result in a five game suspension, I believe. Maybe eight games. It was eight. He appealed it possibly to five now. Yeah. So I think he should have gotten nothing for it. Well, I mean, the Astros haven't even been. That's what I'm saying. At all, you there was so much support from around Major League Baseball that not even just the fans, like the players. The players. I think Trevor Bauer's always Trevor Bauer's a leader. huge advocate for punishing the Astros, and he was. I think he wore. A he tried to wear a Joe, Joe Kelly, Kelly shirt the next day. Yeah. And the, okay, it was the cleats. Yeah. yeah. And the MLB threatened him. That's the thing is that they know that they're in the wrong. This is baseball, and I guess another thing we should talk about: Fernando Tatis. Yes. That man is going off. I think he has a great chance of winning MVP, maybe? We were talking about that in the break. I mentioned MVP. It's definitely up there, especially with the shortened season. His impact so far early in the season has been crazy. Did it, didn't the Padres go... It's Padres, right? Yeah. Sorry, I had a mind fart. Uh, the Padres, they went on that stretch where they had, like, was it five consecutive? Four or five games where they had Grand Slams. Grand, I think it was four. Yeah, I think it was yeah. four. Four straight games with Grand Slams, and one of them was his. So. Slam Diego. Is, yeah. is the name they've been given. Slam Diago. Slam Diago. But Fernando's Tatis, he's just so fun to watch. Like, And, of course, another incident that would have been a great discussion a few weeks ago against the Rangers. 3-0 count, bases loaded. He took it deep. And the Rangers they also had a large lead as well. Yeah, they were, later they were up 6-1, to one, I think. The Rangers didn't like that. Unwritten much. rules of baseball. Dumb. Whatever. Fernando Tatis doesn't care. He's taking you deep if you give him now, the ball. Now, if you're ball. in T-ball or a little, or if you're in kid pitch and you're starting to pitch, and your coach tells you throw a count, take it, of course. But I think the older you get, especially with my experience playing baseball, I remember in high school baseball it'd be a three-o count, and I'd get a like you get a green light, especially if the pitcher's not throwing gas. Yep. I mean, you get a green light, you see it, and you hit it, especially if you're up like that. I mean, what like what what's going to hurt? I, I think I think this is a it's a great the Padres and the White Sox are great kind of ambassadors for changing the game a little bit, making it a little more fun. Yeah. yeah. You know, you got Tim Anderson off the White Sox, Tatis with the Padres, Manny Machado with the Padres, and um, Luis Roberts with the White Sox. All four of them are great young players that are freaking good. Yeah, they are. And you're going to be watching them for years, so get used to it. Yeah. Um, I think I think a big thing as well, too, real quick before we go to break, we mentioned about the Cubs earlier, and I wanted to touch on it as well. Talking about young people, young manager and David Ross, it's been killing it so far. War Eagle, yeah, War Eagle. We claim him. Yeah, uh, one it, school it, tries it, to claim him. It's, it's tough to claim him. He's been he he's made his mark at several colleges. Yes. Speaking of college, on the other side of the break, college football in less than a month. I guess this weekend, but we're talking about Auburn football on the other side of the break. Starts less than a month here on the scoreboard. Welcome back to the scoreboard on WGL 91.1 FM, or if you're streaming live on WeagleFM.com, this is Bay Mark sitting alongside Jacob Hillman. If you want to call in for the final segment of the show, Auburn football, call in at 334-844-9345. That's 
45 for some Auburn college football talk here on the scoreboard. 10 minutes left in the show. We mentioned it earlier in the first segment about how we were coming back from coronavirus, what the protocols were on campus, what they're looking forward to for athletics, and we will go ahead and hit heavy on that. So, football announced that they will be playing. Um, it was a few weeks ago they mentioned the 10-game all-SEC schedule for SEC teams. Uh, the Big Ten canceled their season as well as the Pac-12 was quick to follow. And then it kind of became, well, is this going to become another domino effect like it was back in March when the NBA canceled, everything in college canceled, What's going to happen? Three conferences stood tall in Division One, out of the Power Five at least. The SEC, ACC, and the Big 12. So kind of the Southern Belt, Eastern Border kind of deal. And the SEC announced we're going to play a 10-game, all-SEC schedule, no out-of-conference game, so rip the Chick-fil-A week two kickoff game. And, uh, yeah, so it led to, well, how many people are going to be in the stands? How are they going to sit? How are we going to do face masks, this, that, and the other? What days are we going to play? What's the schedule going to be? you got to add two games. So schedule finally comes out. First game will be September 26th at home against Kentucky. Possible Joey Gatewood uh, reunion if the NCAA grants him eligibility sometime in the near future, which they is should. ridiculous. Um, so, yeah, and that's going to be – we don't know what time it is, but they did come out with the plan. So it's going to be approximately 20% capacity. First people that get dibs, obviously, are big boosters up in the suites, as well as players, families, and close personal friends. They get first priority. Then, rightfully so, students get next priority. And if you had already purchased tickets for last season... I think technically students are third behind player guests. That's why that's what I said, player, oh, okay. family, and close that. friends and stuff, yeah. So then it's students. Uh, if you already purchased a ticket package, you're guaranteed a ticket according to the Auburn University Athletic Emails. Um, so we're fine. We get a, at least a ticket for the Kentucky game. Now, who knows how the rest works because nobody knows anything. Um, so they said protocols will be following state mandates, which is social distancing and masks. Honestly, don't mind it as long as I get to go to a game. Yeah, I think the I think I talked about it earlier with the when, in the first segment about the classes, ingress and egress. I feel like that'll be the biggest. Getting in and getting out. Yeah, that'll be the biggest difficulty. And the only way I could think you fix that is you give students, like, a set time to show up, which no one's gonna, no one would follow that. Yeah. So, on, and another thing is congregating outside of the same because if it's general admission, yeah, there's gonna be people there's there lines. that get there early, and there's gonna be which now with only students, it's not just gonna be the six student gates that we usually get every gate. It'll be around all the gates, yeah. I would assume. Yeah. And I guess a, a, another big thing about these football games: bathrooms, concession stands. Are people gonna follow those guidelines? Because there's obviously gonna be. Uh, spots on the floor. I was about to say, it's going to be just like it is sure. in the student center, I guess, for concessions. But are people going to follow it? That's, that's yeah, the big question. That's big, yeah. Um, I'm just excited that there's a plan and that we, right now, are looking to have football. This isn't a big concern now, but this just popped into my head as well, speaking of the student center. Students at Auburn University Games can use their on-campus meal plan Tiger Dining cards and Tiger Dining money within the student section at a concession stand. You think those will be able or be available for every concession stand? I would imagine. Do you think they sit in the upper deck? I would imagine they have to. Well, <sighs> I don't know. It's going to be crazy. There's a lot of intangibles right now that are going to have to be talked through. But first of all, we got to get to September 26. That's a yeah. that's the main concern. Yeah. If if you don't get there, none of it matters. Yeah. We who knows? Two weeks from now, we're two or two two two, uh, two weeks out from game time, and we get an email saying season's canceled. We're going remote. Something like that. Because I think if we went remote, they wouldn't let us go to the game. Oh, absolutely. Which yeah. would mean probably no fans because that'd be crazy. Two-week turnaround to have 
fans of the game. Yeah. I don't know. It'll, it'll be interesting to see if anything changes between now and then. I feel like they've got a set plan, and as long as there's no spike in cases, we don't we'll get sent home, we're going to be following that plan. Let's what, talk about uh, football. I was about to say, uh, let's talk football itself, particularly Auburn football. Auburn, it, I'm confident. I, I'm, I am as well. I don't know why. I'm suspiciously confident. Yeah, because we still don't know anything about the offensive line. We but did. everywhere else... We have been hearing rumors about some of them. Apparently, and I said this last year, I think, Bardarius Ham's standing mm-hmm. out, uh, which we could have expected. Where is um, he? Is he going to be playing guard? Probably tackle. Okay. Yeah, probably tackle. Unless they put a graduate transfer at tackle. Yeah. Um, last year, I was, I was confident in my trust of trusting a freshman quarterback. Led us to 9-3. and 9-4, I should say. Uh, with an experienced defense who deserved way better on the offensive side. Now with Chad Morse coming in, because last year with Kenny Dillingham, he wasn't going to call plays. We knew that. We thought Gus was going to come in and call his plays. People got real frustrated with that. There's been a lot of throws over the middle on Twitter. Um, There's also more weapons now. And we also saw today, we were talking about it earlier, apparently the usage of tight ends is going to be insane now. According to, was it Sean Shivers that said that? Yeah, Sean Shivers, a junior running back, said that uh, tight ends are going to be used a lot more in this offensive scheme with Chad Moore. So if you're like tight ends, this is your offense. And I, I think we're going to see someone emerge. I don't think we're going to see... Tight end-wise or... Yeah. Yeah. Who knows it'll be, but... Heck, you have Shanker, you have Fromm, you have Deal, you have Pagues, you have uh, the guy from Texas. I forgot his name. I know you're talking about. Brandon Frazier. Yeah. I mean, you have so many options because uh, the only person that departed was Spencer Knight, who... In my personal opinion, wasn't the best. But he would not be a receiving tight end. Yes, he was a blocking tight end. The all these guys can receive exactly, um, which I think, which I think makes all the difference in the world. Um, who knows? Who 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 knows if we go in a three point stance with the tight end, or if we run like a spread offense like we have with Chandler Cox in the past? Was it the Ole Miss game our freshman year where yeah Jalen Harris caught that touchdown pass? That was our junior year in high school at really? Ole Miss. Yeah, it was the play. I, yeah, the night game with Sean White at quarterback. That was junior year in high school. Junior year in yeah. high school. That's crazy. Because Jarrett Sidham <laughs> followed the next year, and we played Ole Miss at home. Man, that was so long. That was ago. a hype game, though. That was a really hype game. That's what I'm saying. Even like, Ole Miss wasn't that good that year. That's the kind of plays I want to see from a tight end. Oh, absolutely. Slipping out of the backfield or off the line and catching a pass shoot. Yeah, absolutely. And Chandler, Chandler Cox did that in Chip Lindsey's offense. He'd slip out of the backfield and catch something, a wheel route, but nothing crazy over the middle. But also something that's crazy that's been standing out to me is the slot receivers over the middle. We've been seeing videos of Anthony Schwartz over the middle, Shedrick Jackson over the middle. Who knows what kind of possibilities we have, as well as having the running back room with so much experience coming back, even though Booby Whitlow did leave and Malik Miller. I was going to say, the the running back room is such a, I think it's the perfect mix of experience and young talent with Tank Bigsby, as well as Mark Anthony Richards. But you've got DJ Williams, Sean Shivers, and Harold Joyner that have been around for at least a year. Yeah. I mean, I think it's going to be perfect. And with Cadillac being in his second year at Auburn, he's probably, I feel like last year he might not have been a real comfortable coaching college kid, but I feel like now he's kind of in the mindset of like he he knows what to, you know, say and what to preach. It, it's all about the offensive line. Yeah. Because I trust tra- Chad Morris. Yeah. And speaking of Chad, I oh, and, and we have Jack McNeil Jr., who apparently has been true tearing it up. I, I want to I read the quote from Vitaly yeah. and talk about the Arkansas fans. Yeah. So Owen Papo uh, talked about Chad Morris' offense. The first number zero ever. That That is a great note to uh take note of yeah but he said salute to chad morris we talk about almost every day in the linebacker room i can't say too much about it but y'all going to see it's going to be a whole new auburn offense now <laughs> vitaly he's uh his his replies are all arkansas fans uh yeah because they uh they don't like gus they're salty and they don't like chad anymore no 
Auburn might hang 100 points on Arkansas. This is going to be like the 2016 drubbing because Chad Morris hears it from the fans. It's not, it's not like the players. Like the players definitely hear it from fans too, but this guy definitely, he's heard it for the last several years from the Arkansas fans, and he's still hearing it when he's getting paid by them and another school. I think the only thing that's different though is also like the implications because of the year before, like the game itself. True. But I, I understand the point you're trying to make. Um, Kind of like every year Gus kind of just wants to pour it on uh, Arkansas just because of the rumors of him going there and then the way they treated him when he said he wasn't going there. Um, but yeah, I can definitely see Chad Morris just wanted to absolutely beat Arkansas into the dirt. Another thing about the Twitter thing, like they've got to have bots or something telling them when someone mentions Chad Morris yeah. because, I mean, I think he tweeted it and it was within an hour. It was, his mentions were filled up with Arkansas fans. Yeah. It's craziness. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, real quick before we go to break, though, I did want to say one thing that's going to be interesting is Former punter Aiden Marshall did come back, and he is competing against a newly breeded Aussie uh, from Australia. So, new Auburn pipeline is going through Australia to get a punter. It'll be interesting to see how that uh, works out as well at the punter position. Yeah, I think that'll be important because remember last year the punt return defense mm-hmm. was not Terrible. good. Well, special teams in general, besides no special teams in general, was kind yeah. of bad. I, I guess our, I guess the kick return and punt return game was good. It was okay. It was good. No, Monogamy did have a touchdown. It was good. But but the kickoff, covering kickoffs, field goal, and everything. Field goal defense rough. was okay. You get a good punter, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Honestly, I'm just sad that Aaron Sipos isn't here anymore. <laughs> we'll get over it. Is, he's showing out with the Lions. The Lions? I think he's on the Lions. He's showing out, though. I read a tweet about him, so. Yeah. Well, thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for joining Jacob Hillman and Bay Marks here on the scoreboard live on Weagle 91.1 FM. If you'd like to listen to the replay, catch the podcast on any podcasting platform and catch us next week live on Weagle 91.1 FM, 4 o'clock on Thursday. This has been the scoreboard on 91.1 FM WEGL with Bay Marks and Jacob Hillman. Join us every Thursday at 4 as Jacob and Bay cover all the happenings in sports. You can keep up with all the great shows on Weagle by streaming us on our website at WEGLFM.com and following us on Twitter and Instagram at WEGL underscore AU.